How are we doing today, church? You guys good? We're so glad you're here. Welcome to one and all of you. Welcome to all of the campuses at all of our locations. I'm talking about the Garner campus, Internet campus, Coffee House campus, Sanford, Columbia, North Raleigh, Thika Town, Kenya, Hillsboro campus, the Kajango campus that's building a building right now out of the Thika Town campus in Kenya, and of course, the Durham campus. Would you just welcome everybody to the movement? So good to have you. Hey, before we get in today, because it seems like forever since I've been up here teaching, um, can I just take a moment to thank a few people? I want to thank um, Pastor George Franco for three weeks ago. He's our executive pastor who, when I called him on Sunday morning and told him that I, I thought I was going to be going on to be with God <laughs> and just go straight to heaven. I, I mean, I was batting a thousand up until that point in time, never called in on a Sunday morning. And I called him and I said, bro, you got your computer? He said, yes. I said, do you have a sermon in there somewhere? And uh he delivered. Then the following week, I was not much better, right? And Pastor Trent Shoemake from the Sanford campus delivered a message. Can we just thank those two pastors for stepping in and teaching? So grateful. Hey, last time I'm going to announce this because we're out of space, but I did want to let you know that on April 4th, um, as a country and really as a world, we will be um, commemorating, uh, celebrating, if you will, the um, unfortunate, the great life, but the unfortunate assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, I'm taking a road trip. And if we take the largest bus they possibly have, we're up to two buses now. If we take the largest two buses they have, we only have like about 10 spots left. So you'll see kind of where we're going. Some of you have heard of this. Some of you have not. We're going to leave on Monday, April 2nd. We're going to head out to Atlanta, the birthplace of King. Hopefully, I'm going to preach in the same church that Dr. King preached his first sermon in, his dad's church, where he was mentored and discipled. Then we're going to go to Birmingham, um, going to go to... Uh, uh, where he wrote the letters from a Birmingham jail, Memphis on Wednesday, where he was assassinated. I'm going to hopefully be able to preach a message right there near that hotel. Then Selma, then Montgomery, back home on Friday. If you are interested in going, the very last time we're going to mention it is this very moment. Would love to have you be a part of that. Then we're going to come back. And some of those messages that I taught along the way, we're going to be sharing with you as a church. But we would love for you to go on an epic, historic, educational road trip. Hey, last but not least, before I get into the message today, many of you have come today and you're kind of excited. You're anticipating the news, the report from how we ended up the Hope Rising Faith raising campaign. If you're new around here, we've been in a three-year faith raising campaign, and uh, you're going to see a slide that pops up. But basically, we pledged $6,602,159 three years ago. As a movement across the entire movement, we brought in five million one hundred and twenty-five. $1,620. So as a church, we landed at 70 
98% of our goal. I think that's worthy of a praise. Over $5 million gives me a chance to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we've had a lot of folks say, because, you know, life happens, man. Things come up, and they're like, ah, we want to finish, but we just couldn't get it done in three years. And so we're going to keep that fund open, open for another year for those of you who want to try and finish your pledge. But that is where we are landing at the end of the three-year campaign. Praise his holy name. Can I get an amen? Come on now. So um, there are a few things I love in life. I, I love my wife. Can the church say amen? amen? I love my kids. Can the church say amen? amen? And I just need to let you know on the front end of this message, I love the church. That's a strong amen. I love the church. I'm unashamedly head over heels in love with the church of Jesus Christ. I know she's got her problems. I know you can study church history and you can find moments along the way when we have not been at our best. The church is not perfect because it's made up of people like me. But it doesn't change the fact that when the church is hitting on all cylinders, there is nothing more beautiful than the church of Jesus Christ. And I was, I, was, I was spending time, I love your excitement today, I was spending time with my 14-year-old son, Caleb Timothy Kelly. He is my fourth born, um, and I'm discipling him right now, and we're working through this book together. It's called A Young Man After, God, After God's Own Heart. And so we're studying this book together, and we're praying. And I saw something in this book this past week that really linked up my love for my child and my love for the church. Because in this book, it was talking about what are you living your life for? In other words, what would you like to see put on your tombstone? Have you ever thought about that? Reverend Billy Graham died this week. Many people were asking, what's going to be on his tombstone? His family let it be known. He let it be known what he wanted on his tombstone. He wanted his epitaph to read, preacher. That's all, preacher. And I was reading this book with, with Caleb, and we were talking about tombstones, and we were talking about messages on tombstones. Have you ever thought about what you might want on your tombstone? I know it's such a cheery conversation, is it not? Welcome to New Hope Church. You're going to die. <laughs> and and, and here's, here's one that I came across. I thought you'd like this. Here lies old Joe. He died with his boots on. And, and do you know that at the end of, of this one where his feet were, I guess, there were two boots sticking up out of the earth. <laughs> Glory to God. Get you some of that. Hey, here's, here's one, Ernest Hemingway. I mean, I'm sorry, the English poet uh, Shakespeare. This is what his epitaph reads. He was not of an age, but for all time. That's a great one. That's a great one. Might show my age here now, 40s. Anybody here ever watch Porky Pig growing up? <laughs> Do you remember how they ended every cartoon? Huh? But that's all, folks. Do you know what he put on his tombstone? 
That's all, folks. Now, that's awesome. His name was Mel Blanc, and he put that on his tombstone. Hey, I heard about this one. This is great. This one said this. Remember, friend, when passing by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, soon you will be. Prepare for death and follow me. Come on now. <laughs> Guess what? Somebody bought the burial plot beside him, and they got buried, and they put this on their tombstone. To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> come on back, come on back, come on back, come on. When the shadows of your life finally fall for the last time, what do you want the epitaph of your life to say? What are you living for? And it's in that question that I believe God has given us the answer. God has provided the vehicle, the means through which every single one of us can live a life truly worth living. So that when it's all said and done, whether you put it on your tombstone or not, everyone who knows you and knew you will know that was a life well lived. What are you living for? Three weeks ago, I stepped on this stage, close to four now, and I delivered a message for our vision day. Remember that? Vision day 18, and I introduced you to a powerful verse of scripture that most of you probably had not heard of before. It's in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. Everybody say Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2-2, out loud. Ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Go, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that others may read it and run with it. And on that day, I made it just as clear and as plain as I possibly could. But because it's been about a month, let me just walk you through what God has impressed upon my heart and upon the heart of the leadership of this church of where we are going in the next three years. The 2020 vision is to reach, teach, and release a, help me out, what's those two words, a what? <laughs> Membership movement of new hope so that together we can serve 10,000 people through 15 campuses to the glory and the honor of Jesus. If that gets you fired up, can I hear an amen? amen. It's, it's a vision. Really, when you think about mission and vision, they, they're kind of interchangeable, but they're not. Mission is why an organization or a company exists. So if you're starting a company or you run a company, your mission is what you exist for. And for us, we exist to reach, teach, and release. Everybody say it. Reach, teach, and release. At all of our campuses, go. Reach, teach and release mission vision 
traditionally speaking, has always been, how am I going to accomplish the what? In other words, what is reach, teach, and release for us? Vision is, how am I going to do that? Now, our vision includes reach, teach, and release, but I'm just trying to decipher for you a little bit and slice and dice the difference between mission, mission and vision. So it's the 2020 vision to reach, teach, and release through a membership movement. Men and women who become an army who say, you know what? I'm going to live for a greater cause. I'm going to live for something worthy to put on my tombstone so that together we can serve 10,000 people through 15 campuses to the glory and the honor of Jesus. Big dream? Absolutely. Because we serve a big God. Amen. Amen. And you might wonder, well, where are we now? We're a church of about 5,000, a little bit north of 5,000. We minister to about 7,500 to 8,000 people on a regular basis. But since we're all going to start coming to church more regularly, based upon that great message last week from Pastor Mike Bro, and what this Engaged series is about, we believe God can do this through us if you believe it. Can I hear an amen? So the question I want to ask you as we just kind of get into this series a little more deeply today is, will you engage the 2020 vision? Yes, I love it. What about those of you who didn't say anything yet? It's okay. It's okay. It's a big decision. Will you, what's the word? Engage the 2020 vision that I just put up on the board for you. Now, if you're a smart leader and you run organizations or you lead in your home or you lead in your workplace, you know that the best goals, the best goals are smart. They are what, church? They're smart. And that's an acronym, if you will. S-M-A-R-T. S-M-A-R-T. So if you just think about what I've already said today and what we're laying out in this Engage series, this is a vision that is smart. S stands for specific. Stands for what, church? Take out your teaching notes. I hope you're writing this down. Hope you're getting this. This will help you also in your just your normal everyday life, right? As you set goals in your family, goals in your marriage, goals in the home, goals in the workplace, physical fitness goals, relational goals. The best goals, mission, vision stuff, they're specific. They're measurable, they're achievable, they're relevant, and they're time-bound. So let's just unpack this a little bit. Specific. We believe God's calling us to reach, teach, and release through a membership movement. Through a what? That's all the members of this church. Is it measurable? 10,000 people through 15 campuses. Now, most people come up to me after they hear this and they say, Pastor, I'm glad we're going to do 20 campuses by 2020. I think it's because it's the 2020 that's in there. It's not 20 campuses. It's what? 15. Is it achievable? I love your faith. Is it achievable? Yes, through the four C's of membership, which is what we're talking about in this series, which is where we're getting ready to go. Is it relevant? 
Oh, my Lord. Is there anything more relevant than Jesus, the Bible, heaven, and hell? No. No. Is it time bound by the end of 2020? So what we want to talk to you about in this series is membership. And here's why. I get asked this question quite often. How in the world, in fact, I was in a meeting on Thursday of this week. We had a guest in from out of town, and he was just blown away at what God has done here in 16 years. And I get asked these kinds of questions. How did a church that was only four years old take down 36 acres of land in 2006 in the epicenter of North Carolina? And do you know how I always answer these questions? God moving mightily through the membership of New Hope Church. I get asked this kinds of questions. How did a church buy, literally buy an orphanage in Kenya on the other side of the world and we're launching two campuses in Kenya? You know what my answer is? God moving mightily through the membership of New Hope Church. How did a church become 10 campuses strong, pastor, in just 16 years? Guess what the answer is? God moving mightily through the membership of New Hope Church. Are you, see, are you seeing a pattern? One more question. I get this kinds of questions. How will a church ever reach 10,000 people through a network of 15 campuses by the end of the year 2020? What do you think my answer is going to be? You got it. God moving what? Mightily through the membership of New Hope Church. And it gives me a chance, and I really want 